0: Hello, uh, today we have a role reversal. Uh, the lady normally asking the questions is now under the warm glow of the spotlight. Uh, my name is Malcolm Hollindrake and I've had the pleasure of being interviewed by Donna on a number of occasions, but I've also enjoyed watching and listening to the other authors that she's interviewed over the time. So I thought it would be very nice today to, uh, to have a change. So I've decided to write to a number of authors. I know Donna has interviewed or will be interviewing in the future. And they've kindly sent me a question they would like Donna to answer. So I have an, a lovely, lovely list here. I also thought I'd ask a couple of bloggers to, to that. And they too sent me questions. So I haven't given Donna any clue as to what questions will be. Um, So we will get honest and straight answers, I'm sure. Uh, But we will be kind. We will be kind. So we'll start as Donna usually starts. My guest today is Donna Morfitt. So Donna, please start off by telling us a little about yourself.
1: So I... I am an avid reader. I have been as long as I've been able to read. Um, I worked in a job for 14 years um, and then when I left I decided to go back to university um, and I have just completed my degree in forensic science. I worked part-time for Greg's, um, and at the end of last year decided to help out some authors that I got friendly with by doing interviews, which has taken off more um, than I ever could have possibly imagined. And I have helped publish a book and help advertise books and then have also written my own.
0: So that's quite an agenda you've had there. Mm-hmm. And that's over what period of time, Donna? Um,
1: During was- doing the
0: interviews? How long is it since you?
1: Um, it was October or November last year, so only six months, just over six months now.
0: And according to one of my authors, you've, you've interviewed nearly 200 people.
1: Really? <laughs> wow.
0: So it makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you think. So when I received the questions uh, from the authors, I actually logged them as they came in. So there's no particular order other than when they arrived in my inbox. So we're going to start with a gentleman called Ross Greenwood who uh, you speak to more authors than most. Are there any common themes to us or are we all mad? (laughs)
1: Um, I will say you're all lovely, um, (laughs) which is the most common thing. All of you are absolutely lovely um, and really given with your time and willing to answer the most random questions. But generally, no, you're all different, the same as all people are. Um, I can have, a totally different conversation with one than I will with another. So, no, you're all not mad necessarily, a little bit maybe, but all lovely. Just crazy.
0: (laughs) And and he he sent you a personal message that was, you're a star. That's from Ross. Thanks, Ross. (laughs) And then we have a a McGarvey Black, Moira, contacted me and said, Miss Morford." very formal, this one, Miss Morford. What motivated you to start interviewing authors and what do you hope to do with this in the future? And you can't say blackmail them.
1: (laughs) The reason I started the interviews was because Duncan Brockwell was worried about the sales for his book that was coming out at the time, which I can't remember, and I'd seen, um, I think, the UK Crime Book Club interviews. So I suggested to him that I interview him and I thought if I put it on Facebook then he could share it, people could see him, he could talk about his book then it might get his name out to more people and he might sell more. So he said to me well um, Andy Roberts has got a book out before me so why don't you ask him. I was like "Uh, okay yeah that's fine sure I'll do that and so I spoke to Andy and he said yeah I'd love to. Um, So I spoke to them too and then I think a couple of others asked and then I thought I'd put it on my Facebook page and then all of a sudden it was crazy and everyone was doing it. As to what I want to do with it, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. It just seems to be something that I do now that I love doing and that I'll never stop doing. But I don't know if I, I don't know what I want to do with my life in general. So that particular bit of it, I have no idea. <laughs>
0: Were you amazed? I can remember the first time you put a list up with dates and you said, if anybody wants to be interviewed, just let me know of the date. And it it filled so quickly. How how amazed were you at the the response that you received from that?
1: I I was gobsmacked and still am. Um, Every time I put um, a new notification up saying that I'll take more and within a week, usually it's full. And um, now I've got bookings September, October, November, I think, which is just I, I can't get my head around it at all.
0: And now you store them all, don't you, on your site? You you have them so people can go back and refer to them. And uh, yeah, yeah. So do you prepare each one? Do you do you prepare for each one, author or they, do you, no? Okay. Now this one was a little lovely because Peter May was the next person to respond. Uh, and I enjoyed your interview with Peter when he was at, in that lovely home studio in France. Uh, hi, Malcolm. Um, you can ask her for me. What was the book that first got you interested in reading?
1: My, it would have to be The Magic Faraway Tree. Um, and I think because it was just so magical. Um, obviously as a child and the adventures that they went on and I actually recently um, bought a copy again in case I ever have children of my own I'd like to read it to them.
0: But I read you're going to have kittens you're going to keep kittens rather than kids. Yeah.
1: And then, so then I'll just have to reread it myself.
0: <laughs> you have to read it to the kittens. I love it. I love it. How old were you when when you first read that do you remember and who bought it for you?
1: I mean, I guess my parents, but yeah, I don't know.
0: It wasn't a line pillow alone or anything like that. Really.
1: No, I don't think so, because I've got all my Roald Dahl books from an older child as well. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember being um, five or six and, and loving reading at school. So yeah, very young, I think.
0: Mm. Never read it. I'll have to get it and read it. <laughs> Tony Millington. Now, I know you've not interviewed Tony, but you're interviewing him um, on the occasion of his, his uh, new book, aren't you? So what do you consider to be your top three author chats that you've done so far? Now, I thought that was a really hard question for you. On the spot. You wanted <laughs> five, but we actually dropped it down to three. <laughs> um do you want me to log that one back and then come back to it or do you yeah
1: i mean to- just try and remember who i have spoke to as well let alone the, the favorite ones <laughs> 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 always malcolm always
0: <laughs> so so just say throw me a couple off the top of your head
1: uh tony would always have to be in there yeah um there have been some surprising ones that have been fun. Brian O'Gorman, I really enjoyed talking to him. And Moira, Mardavia, yeah. Yeah,
0: great, 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 great. Yeah, it wasn't an easy question, and I knew it was gonna put you a little bit on the spot, but I couldn't, <laughs> move it. As, as I said, it was as they came in from um, that. We then have Wes Making. Or oh, marking, sorry. And uh, he put, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why?
1: Um, I think my nosiness would like to know what people are <laughs> up to behind closed doors. So invisibility, I think.
0: <laughs> invisibility, oak of invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have struggled with that. I really would. I think probably flying would have been the one I wanted. That ability to sort of Take off and fly. That oh, great. Now, Mark, Willing, Mark Willingham was answered me a, a, very quickly. and I was really thrilled. And um, he put, please thank her for her much appreciated support of books and for writers. So well, that's his first comment. And ask her, what was the first book that really turned her on to reading? Isn't it funny how great minds are thinking alike there? And what was the book that opened the door? But I'd like, just because we've had that question uh, from Peter, can can we flick it, say, a series? What was the first series you started that you couldn't miss the the next book?
1: That would probably be Cathy Reich's. Uh, When I was maybe early 20s, I found her books, and that's what grew my interest in forensics as well, because she was... um, a, a real life forensic anthropologist that I knew that although her books were fiction, that there was um, elements of truth to them. And I read her non-fiction, but Kathy Wright's.
0: Right. Right. Very gruesome, aren't they? Kathy Wright's novels.
1: Uh, they can be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I so. so thanks Mark for that. And now we're on to Charlie Gallagher. Um could you ask Donna? If she was to appear in a crime thriller as the killer, what method does she think would suit her (laughs) and why?
1: Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Um, and uh, I think it would be fun just to go completely mental and just absolutely (laughs) just, you know, stab someone a hundred times or something. (laughs) Because everyone thinks I'm so placid. That um, yeah, to be completely out of character and just completely lose it.
0: Right, and that's in the high. Street. I take it that's the high street, is it, or is it with somebody that you know? I'm just asking um, for a friend.
1: There's a couple of people that I could think of that I would quite like to do that to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, he actually then put, and who would be your choice of victim? And uh, not anybody specific, but like rude Greg's customers. He put.
1: <laughs> yeah um, the, the old um, manager of where I used to work would
0: be uh, up there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I right, I like that very much. Now, Linda Checkley, of course, another a blogger. So um, Donna, she said, I would just like to say oh, what a lovely, supportive person you are, not just to the authors, but also to bloggers too, uh, and to readers and everyone in the lovely book community. We all think you're the bee's knees her question is, uh, do you think you'll be make writing and promoting your career? Or is your dream still to be a CSI or soccer? Or do you have another dream we don't know about?
1: Um, my career, I think, will be in the um, fiction world of some description, but I'm not sure how yet. But um, I mean, I want to write, but I know that it's not really... A way of making money so i need to find a way of earning money and still being involved in the book community
0: so how much can i add on to that how much writing do you still do you do now are you writing on a sort of daily basis a little bit of or, or.
1: no um i want to <laughs> um i'm still trying to make sure that my book that's out in august is the best that it can be um but because i have so many other commitments from other people then um i try and keep on top of them as well as writing. So I have started another book.
0: Good, good, good. And how does it, was it writing when you were actually doing your degree? Because you to just finish the degree. So you had a lot of pressures, not only from the interviews, but from your, your social media side, but also then your writing. So, so how did you prioritise all of that?
1: Perhaps uh, well, wrongly, um, because <laughs> I enjoyed writing so much. I was trying to do um, with my friend a thousand words a day. And then um, I realised I was neglecting my degree. <laughs> um, I was supposed to be writing my dissertation. So I just wrote it. I just went for it and just finished it. So I think um, about three or four weeks, I just finished it. And then I left it completely. I didn't even look at it because I knew that I needed to focus. Wow. Um, and I think I sent it off to, for a few people to read anyway. So then when they gave me feedback, then once I'd finished my degree, I could then work on it.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're, 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 it's, not, it's not easy, is it, in that sort of balance? You, know, you, you have to prioritise. You know, yeah. Now, some of you, I believe, had lots of giggles with you when you were interviewed, this gentleman. Um, I'm sure you can guess who it's going to be. He's Simon McLeave. Uh, his question is, a crime is committed close to home. Which two detectives from all the books you've read do you trust to solve the crime? Oh, that's a cracking question.
1: With this strange woman
0: who stabbed somebody a hundred times in the shopping mall,
1: darling. <laughs> I'd want the worst detective so I could get away with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'd have to choose Bliss just because always, always Bliss. Um oh my God. Okay. Owen, just because I love Owen.
0: <laughs> oh wait, would Owen get on with Bliss?
1: Probably not, no.
0: Oh, But nice. that's not a bad thing. <laughs> well, that I, I don't, see, I don't know. But it becomes a flaw. So that's Simon's. But And Simon sent a message as well. Thanks for your support, Donna. I think we spent more of our interview laughing. What a star you are in the crime writing community. That's great. <laughs> Noel Holt is next. First, I'd like to thank Donna for her enthusiasm and support for all authors. She's a wonderful part of the book community. And her question is, if you were to write a book, what genre would it be? And who would be your dream author to get an endorsement from? Thanks for everything you do, Donna. Um,
1: I mean, it'd have to be crime. Although the first book I wrote was horror, but that was just circumstances. Um, an endorsement, I don't know. Um, any any of the authors I speak to, I would love. Um, they, I have no favourites, it's not possible. So any.
0: Any author. Yeah, Joe Singleton, another bloke. Now, he's not going to send you to an island where you have to choose that difficult task <laughs> of seven books. And he, he didn't just send me one question, he sent me quite a few. Uh, so he'd like to know which your favourite book is, which we, we now have had. Uh, and what if that's your first book? But Do you have a favourite book now?
1: It's not possible. I can't even narrow it down to about 50. It's yeah no way
0: so we'll stick to the first book you read is the one that started everything off Or be the one that's that's the critical one isn't it that's that's (laughs) and who would be your dream person to interview Uh, it doesn't say about the literary world there either it's just so the dream person to
1: interview okay i would quite like to speak to stephen fry i think
0: right for what reason
1: because um, I've been a fan of his for years anyway, he's quite opinionated, he's not scared of holding back on his opinions and um, I reckon there's a lot more to him than, me, you know, that he lets out in public, so I'd quite like to try and use my tricksy questions to get him to reveal all his inner secrets.
0: <laughs> um, what will be the first question you want ask him?
1: Um... I guess what's been the highlight of his career just to get him, you know, Wonder. massage the ego and. Yeah, a
0: cracker, a cracker. He then asked her, uh, I'd also like to know uh, more about Donna as a person by asking what hobbies and interests she has along with reading.
1: I don't, um well, pre COVID, um, I loved going to comedy um, shows because I've seen quite a few comedians and I had some booked before they were cancelled, and music as well. I love music, I love going to see live music. Um, the whole uh, going out, I've been to a few um, nights with my friend around our house and barbecues and things and the cinema. Um, I've got an autistic friend and I love going on days out with him because I get to be a child because he's maybe 13 or 14 mentally then mm-hmm. um, I've taken him to the zoo to Harry Potter um, and stuff and he has no expectations from how I should behave so I get to do the silly stuff that other people have like oh you're too old to do that no. so that's uh, that's always fun I'm looking forward to meeting up with him actually I haven't seen him for ages. So.
0: How easy is it for you to become giddy?
1: Ridiculously easy. <laughs>
0: And the last the last question is that is what is the greatest achievement in life and how would you like to be remembered in a hundred years' time? That's from Joe. I
1: Oops. think just to be a good person, I don't think um, you know, achieving degrees and that stuff matters when it comes down to it. I think the, the biggest thing is to be remembered as a nice person, as being helpful. And that's how I'd like to be remembered.
0: Well, from some of the comments here, you're, you're well on the way to succeeding in that, aren't you, really? <laughs> now, the lady who's been pestering you as well this week is Caroline England, isn't it? Well, she's... <laughs> uh, how do you prepare for your fabulous author interviews? And you can't say gin and tonic twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is a simple answer. When I first started doing them, I did. Um, but now um, I like to... I like it to be as natural as possible, so I don't um, like to be prepared, really, because I like to go on what the author tells me and then ask the next question based on that. Sometimes, if I really don't know them, I might look up their books and stuff, but generally I can find out through questions, so I don't need to. Yeah. So I don't.
0: Well, that you know, that comes across, because something I wrote down in the notes, look at this professional, the notes I made before this interview, mm-hmm. But I actually thought it, your interviews aren't really interviews. Um, they're more like chats or conversation with a like-minded friend. And that always comes across. And I was over in Atherton Library yesterday doing a podcast for the uh, Crime Readers Month. And the head of the library there um, follows your um, inter- author interviews. And she she also mentioned how relaxed and non-intimidating they are i think and, and i certainly because of this reversal now i find sitting at this side of the interview far more difficult than sitting where you are because you're trying to balance lots of things and make sure that you can get as much from the, the person as possible but without feeling you're, you're pressurizing them too much so yeah i think i think you're right with the uh, the way it's going is, is just delightful. I, love watching. I just like that relaxed attitude. Of Judith Aiken is next. She sent me a nice question. Uh, congratulations on finishing your degree, uh, she says. Do you think the knowledge you've gained on the course has influenced how you read crime fiction? Um,
1: No, actually. I think um, the, the fiction that I read led me to do the degree, but actually becoming part of the Facebook groups has led me off in a different direction and has led me to read more indie authors and now generally I just read the next arc that is due because that's all I tend to read. So actually no, not at all.
0: And you read with a critical either? I do actually. From the knowledge you've received?
1: Yeah um, and also because I arc read and beta read then I can't help it now anyway but um yeah, I haven't spotted anything so far forensically that's been wrong. So the information that the authors are getting must be good. Good, good,
0: good. And, and would, would you see that as a role that you could take on as well, now that you have this this uh, knowledge that should yeah, I need to send you a book and say, can you just check this section of forensic? Could you do that for me? Would, would you, yeah.
1: you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of authors that um, I love uh, opening my Facebook messages sometimes because I'll get a question like, how long would a child's body take to defrost after it's been in a freezer for six months? And um, how long would DNA last on a frozen body and things? Uh, But, you know, now it's just normal. I'm used to opening my phone and getting these random things. So yeah, a couple of people already asked me questions.
0: (laughs) Just move the energy on my drink. (laughs) But it's funny because I often say to people, I get phone calls from friends and saying, I've got the perfect murder for you. And if I had a pound for every time I got a phone call with that, it, it would be fine. But uh, it's always good to, for authors to have names like yours in a little book that they can refer to because it's it's critical, isn't it? Just getting that reassurance that the words they're writing are are, 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 words are accurate, that's, that's good. thank you. Mark Tilbury, question. It was very formal, was Mark? Question with all the great work you've done with books where do you see yourself in five years time
1: hopefully with a couple of books under my belt and hopefully working maybe in a publishers or something like that Um, hopefully with the masters as well that would be nice but yeah I think that's my dream now is to maybe work for publishers or be able to have enough contacts myself to um, be independent but like my website to take off and earn money by doing the promo stuff and that
0: and that's not easy though today is it it's like a, I mean authors um, people think authors make an awful lot of money but you know it's uh, it's a very difficult life uh, and you speak to many and it must be the same in that that area as well for you and how easy is it getting a job as a, a crime scene officer now uh,
1: difficult really difficult um, and it's not as well paid as you would think as well so yeah it's um because forensics people love their jobs and tend to stay in them till they retire or die so it's really difficult to get a job in forensics which i knew going into doing my degree
0: right and but if you if you when you go into forensics do you then specialize within forensics in certain areas so like fingerprints of
1: yeah exactly that yeah
0: and yours would be
1: um I liked doing fire analysis. That was really interesting. Um, and what else did I enjoy? I enjoy genetics, actually. It's really a really interesting area.
0: So some will be lab-based, I would imagine, some will be out on the field base. Again, if you had a choice, and you can't say I'd like a bit of both. You know, you've got to have a you've got to go on one side of the fence or to the other. So which would you prefer to have?
1: Field field-based, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no we could, You do that with the genetic side,
1: though? No. So I do fire analysis. Fire analysis. That
0: sounds very grim. I've written a couple of stories where they analyse the the burn bodies and it it doesn't sound uh, pleasant at all. And then Mark says, could you please pass on the following message? With your enthusiasm, dedication and willingness to learn, I just want to say, believe in yourself and your abilities and you'll go a long way with your writing. And if ever you need any help, With anything, just ask me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right, there's always a downturn, isn't there, when you come to a set of interview questions and we're now at Rob Ashman. (coughs) (laughs) And like all things, Rob doesn't come in with one question. He comes in with three. All right, so... (laughs) Given that you've conducted around 100 author interviews, what is the one thing you've learned about authors?
1: that you're all insecure, quivering wrecks of human beings, that you, none of you believe that you're authors or that you're amazing at what you do, that every single time it comes across. Well, that
0: didn't come across with Peter May, though, did it?
1: No, to be fair, but I'm sure he still has his moments.
0: I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. And I think and every author who, and you've always said this, that when come publication day, Authors become quivering wrecks. You never have that confidence to believe that you have to at least get the book better than the last one. If you could be one character in any of the books that you've read, who would it be and why?
1: I would quite like to be the guy in 122-63 by Stephen King, because he travels back in time to... Late 50s, early 60s, America, which sounded lots of fun. Um, And also, time traveling is cool. Or Harry Potter.
0: Or Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And why Harry Potter?
1: Well, you know, magic and getting to do horrible stuff to bullies and things like give them pigs' tails or turn them into rats and things. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that?
0: Right, okay. I would. Has your work with crime writers helped with your degree in forensic science? No. Not at all, Rob. Rob, not at
1: all. No. It's probably (laughs) distracted, actually, more than anything.
0: (laughs) Oh, dearie me. Tony Forda. I'd like to know this, he says. Would Donna like to work with the literary media realm, within the literary media realm? And if so, which area would she choose as her speciality?
1: Um, yeah, I would absolutely love to. And I don't know, really, any, I, absolutely any. I'm really... That's not, that's not an i really- answer. Sorry. That's all you're getting, so. <laughs> more,
0: more, more specific, nail it down. What about interviews? I mean, that's that's to me is 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 where you 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 said, but obviously there's another area that you you would prefer, I would imagine.
1: No, well, yeah. I mean, if that was an option, then yeah, definitely. Uh, it's not something I ever thought I would do. I would love doing, but I do. So, yeah, absolutely. If I could carry on doing that, then yeah.
0: Can, can I ask you more of a personal question on that? How much time do you commit to your interviews over a period of seven days, roughly?
1: um i try and avoid doing them at weekends although i will so generally it's monday to friday um usually two hours per interview for the chat before the chat after and then the interview's usually about an hour um, sometimes i do two in a day so it can be say 10 to 20 hours a week
0: it's nearly a full time job, isn't it when you think about it and then you've got to put it up and, and, and so on, and possibly respond do you get many people responding to with specific questions after you've interviewed somebody?
1: Um, I've got Leslie Lloyd uh, always messages me after my interviews, um, sometimes with questions, sometimes just with comments. Um, And then a few people post after, and I do try and make an effort to respond to everybody that comments. And then authors sometimes will message me and say thanks. And sometimes I get offered books as well. So yeah.
0: Graham Bartlett and you interviewed Graham not too long ago if I remember right and excited to listen to this one as well uh, you've just finished your forensic science degree what have you learned that now makes you scream with frustration at the tv or a book <laughs>
1: um books thankfully nothing and um, like I said the the information in books is generally pretty good uh tv it's the glamour um, Forensics is hard and processing crime scenes is hard, you have to be meticulous, you have to be careful, you have to make massive amounts of notes, you can't um, fudge anything, you can't lie, if you miss something you have to say so and it's a team effort Um, and it's hot and it's sweaty and it's uncomfortable and obviously on TV it comes across that they just breeze in and they're high heels and whatever and, and that just isn't the case.
0: But it's like somebody said if, if if police procedurals were actually done in reality people wouldn't watch it because it's pure paperwork yeah. so you have to suspend your disbelief to allow a program to run or a book to run and, and what people anticipate the job to be anyway uh, so it's a it's a fine balance i would imagine for you you must now be thinking oh, that's not right it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still enjoy enjoy them, but it's it created a, an effect where people went to study forensics and we got told, basically our first lecture, this isn't like the TV, you know, it's it's going to be nothing like that. So if you're here for that, then you're in the wrong place.
0: So silent witnesses not like that. They don't go to a screen and start moving things about and bringing things up. And...
1: Not in the UK that I know of. <laughs>
0: It was the UK, wasn't it, Silent Witness? It was. Yeah. But it did make it exceptionally glamorous. And I would imagine it did attract an awful lot of people to various courses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very, a very good opening of a, a lecture to say, like, if this is what you perceive it to be, the door is there and you need to go back. <laughs> Graham Bartlett will send you a message as well. Just a message, too, to thank you for all you're doing for authors on the platform and to share their work. Uh, and to enjoy watching others, you're a star. So So I've got a question now for you, and is there one author you would like to interview who slipped through the net?
1: Um, I'd quite like to interview Peter James. Um, I've contacted him and obviously Stephen King, who I have actually contacted, but obviously is never gonna respond, but um, I've been a massive fan of Stephen King since I was a teenager, so. And I know that he's led a really interesting in life, um, but realistically, Peter James.
0: So Peter James contacted you just more and said, yes, I'd like to do an interview, Donna, next week. How, what sort of a nervous wreck would you be just before the interview? Because <laughs> I was pretty nervous this morning going to interview you. So I'm sure that you would feel very anxious. But uh, Peter's lovely, isn't he? So I'm sure to put you at ease straight away.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I would um, be a little bit nervous, like I was before I spoke to Peter May. But generally, like I say, you're also lovely, then it doesn't last long, so...
0: That's good. You're soon, you're soon into the swing of it.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> favourite colour, please. Purple. Least favourite. Brown. Brown. Okay. If you had uh, to save one item from your life's collection of objects,
1: what would be? Can I say my signed book collection?
0: Yeah, of course you can. Whatever it will be, as long as you can carry it. Favourite piece of music?
1: Cool. There's a piece of music, like classical music, and I don't know what it's called, um, but when I'd done a um, play, I was in the con- uh, in the choir at school, Um, and I love it, it's dramatic, but I have no idea what it's called. I'll have to see if I can find it and send it to you.
0: Right, can you hum it? (laughs) (laughs) Favourite favourite film score?
1: Uh... Maybe uh, Lord of the Rings
0: okay very 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 very, very dramatic yes okay and the last one for me um if you could wipe the slate clean <clears throat> go back to zero what would you choose to be a clean job knowing what you know now you could choose anything
1: um i think i would have liked to have been a nurse
0: why? Why?
1: I don't, I've always had a weird fascination with illnesses and, and stuff. So yeah, I think.
0: Well, it, it actually matches very nicely some of the questions when you said, how would you like to be remembered? And it was that word kindness that came out. And I think to be any sort of nurse or any sort of uh, support person, you yeah, to have that degree of empathy, of kindness and, uh, and that comes up good on. Thank you very much. I'd like to also thank you, thank all the authors who took the trouble to send in questions.
1: Yes, thank you. You've well
0: breathed you breathe through that beautifully. And it's always been a pleasure to be interviewed by you, Donna, and it's been a pleasure to interview you today. So thank you very much, indeed. Thank you. <laughs>